0: to freedom speak the forces of evil are attempting to manipulate us through false propaganda division and fear tactics we are unindoctrinated unvaccinated unrestrained unashamed unrelenting unapologetic and unafraid on Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. You can check out my website at freedomspeaknm.com where you can listen to the playbacks of any of my previous shows as well as other useful resources such as the Freedom Friendly Business List you can download from there. And now you can also get the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. You can send me your questions and comments and get started advertising by emailing me at my email address of becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Got a as usual. Got a really really packed packed show today. Got a couple of really great guests in the studio, and as usual, you never really a hundred percent know where the conversation's going to go. I have an outline, but it's uh, it's you know it's not written in stone. So who knows? <laughs> anyway, um, there was a little story going around social media that I read the other day that just I really caught my attention, and I thought I might start out with that and kind of expand on that because I think it really 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 reflects upon the situation we are living in in this country today. So it's entitled, How to Catch a Wild Pig. You can catch wild pigs by finding a suitable place in the woods and putting corn on the ground. The pigs find it and begin to come every day to eat the free corn. When they are used to coming every day, you put down a fence on one side of the place where they are used to coming. When they get used to the fence, they begin to eat the corn again and you put up another side of the fence. They get used to that and start to eat again. You continue until you have all four sides of the fence up with a gate in the last side. The pigs, which are used to the free corn, start to come through the gate to eat that free corn again. You then slam the gate on them and watch the whole herd. Suddenly the wild pigs have lost their freedom. They run around and around inside the fence wondering, oh my God, what has happened? Why didn't we see this coming? But it's too late. They're caught. Soon they go back to eating the free corn. They're, used, uh, they're so used to it that they have forgotten how to forage in the woods for themselves. So they accept their captivity. Does this analogy remind you of anything? I hope so. This is exactly what is happening in America. The government keeps pushing us towards communism, socialism, and keeps spreading the free corn out in the form of programs such as supplemental income, tax credit for unearned income, tax exemptions, tobacco subsidies, dairy subsidies, payments to farmers not to plant crops, I like that one. Welfare, drugs, heck, they've even given drugs and needles to the addicts and giving them safe places to shoot up. All the while the enemies of freedom and buying votes by giving away free stuff, we are continually losing our freedom and liberty a little at a time. One should always remember two truths. Nothing is free and you can never hire someone to provide a service for you cheaper than you can do it yourself. Let me give you all a little history lesson. The events in history that led to the rise of Nazi Germany and the evil totalitarian regime of Adolf Hitler began with an economic crisis. A worldwide economic depression followed the U.S. stock market crash of 1929. Fast forward to today, Joe Biden actually got confused in a recent speech and stated that inflation is a strength. Kind of like how they're turning everything upside down. Good is bad. Uh, You know, it's, I heard another left-wing commentator when asked about the inflation we're experiencing in the US say that the UK is also seeing inflation. Now that got me thinking about something. I've always had the understanding that the United States leads the world as the strongest economy and the rest of the world looks to us as the beacon of hope. I've heard that my entire life. Why has nobody considered that the reason the world economy is sinking into a pit is because the United States economy, under the failed leadership of Joe Biden, or Joe Brandon, that is, is collapsing. In February of 1933, the Nazis blamed communists for a fire that destroyed the German parliament building. This was used as a red flag even to justify the overthrow of the German government. In contrast, based on the evidence I've seen about the so-called January 6th insurrection, it would seem to me that deep state, deep state funded investigators were in, I'm sorry, instigators, <laughs> were inserted into the crowd to incite violence. I believe this was for the purpose of diverting attention from the concern of a rigged election and the soft coup being perpetrated on the US government. After Hitler gained power he pressed for a state of emergency that suspended the freedoms of assembly, speech and the press. The resulting declaration also gave the government the right to jail opponents and removed all limitations on police investigations. Though stripped of their civil liberties many Germans praised Hitler for thwarting a communist overthrow. Does any of this sound familiar? All of that should sound familiar. Every single one of those things is happening in this country right now. We, we saw during the, the so called COVID scandemic, in which they just threw the Constitution out the window, took away all of our, uh, our, our liberty, or at least they, they issued mandates. And people, because they don't understand their rights and they don't understand the law and prob- most people have probably never really read the Constitution, rolled over and gave in. And as far as political prisoners, I mean, <laughs> look at the people that are still rotting in stinking, horrible, little concrete jail cells in Washington, D.C. and the D.C. gulags. In my opinion, these people in the gulags are prisoners of war, because we are at war with a domestic enemy right now, in my opinion. The Nazis used anti-Semitic propaganda, including media, pop culture, and education curricula, to promote the idea of a supreme German race and justify discrimination and violence against Jews, who Hitler's regime considered less than human. Through propaganda, Hitler spread the notion that Jews were responsible for the country's defeat in World War I and its subsequent economic woes. As a result, Nazi persecution of Jews, which reached its darkest hour in Hitler's genocidal final solution, went unchecked, as many German citizens not only tolerated the violence, but even considered it necessary for the well-being of the country." Let's take what I just said and replace the word Jew with the words like unvaccinated, anti-vaxxer, anti-lockdown, conspiracy theorist, Christian, or conservative. They all fit into what's going on right now. The thing that sounds very familiar to me here is that propaganda and a kind of woke culture of the time was being used to divide and conquer. Divide and conquer was a maxim that the renowned military strategist and philosopher Sun Tzu stated in 500 BC, and in the art of war, he states that the supreme art of war is to divide and subdue the enemy without even fighting. Right now, society is deliberately being divided. You're either an obedient and responsible slave person who does what you are told, or you are a selfish, anti-vaxxer, anti-lockdown conspiracy theorist. Oh, I'm raising my hand. That's me. A sharp division is emerging between those of us who conform to the orders they are being given without question. And those of us who question the mandate see the evil intentions and refuse to comply. This is creating a huge polarization in society. It's a classic divide and conquer strategy that would make Hitler proud. And this has been happening forever without us even realizing it. Skin color, class, income, religion, left or right, man or woman, young and old, There are many narratives forced upon us that seek to intentionally divide and separate us from one another so that we are distracted from the many more things that unite us. Do any of you really believe that the evil attempting to subjugate us really cares about racial equality, transgender rights, gay rights, reproductive rights, so-called climate change or our health? While they are promoting these agendas, they are only trampling on all of our rights. These issues only matter to the enemy in that they are tools to put us against each other. If we are fighting with each other, we will not notice what they're doing to further their agenda. It's all a distraction. I want to point out another popular concept by Sun Tzu. Fight the enemy where they aren't. Now, if you were to Google this phrase, you'd be told that it's about knowing your enemies as well as your strengths and weaknesses. This philosophy is much deeper in its meaning, and it can better be summed up as choosing the battlefield. You want the enemy to attack you where you are strong, while you attack them where they are weak. However, because I know the futile nature of the battle that we face without the help of the the indoctrinated, woke masses, I choose instead to engage our mutual enemy in a type of self-destructive manner. The weakness of our enemy is their nonsensical arguments, but they have have great strength in numbers with millions of zombie-like people who are void of rational or cognizant thought and who are just cannon fodder for them. The purveyors of chaos may just overrun us. It's for this reason that I've been sending out my message as a kind of call to arms. We need a multiple of people to guard the ramparts. I fear that the strength of rational thinking cannot win this coming battle because of the sheer numbers of incapable people who are not rational. Therefore, I've been blowing the shofar in a sense, to arouse those who slumber by the way of apathy and indifference. In a quote by Thomas Sowell, he stated, the problems we face today are there because the people who work for a living are now outnumbered by those who vote for a living. So I hope that gets you all thinking a little bit. I have a couple of really uh, good guests in the Station today with me that I think are going to probably have a lot of comments on all this stuff, and I've Corrine uh, Rios joining me again. She's, Good morning. She's like uh, my one of my favorite guest co-hosts.
1: Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> and I've also got
0: Alan Martinez, and he's running for House District 23, and uh, he was able to come in today, and I really appreciate it.
2: I appreciate the time to sit with you and talk to you.
0: Thanks. <clears throat> so. What's
2: your guys' thoughts on that? I agree. One of the things that I noticed very early on is that the left is very smart. What they did is they employed what we call influencers. Because if you can capture the minds of young people, the battle's halfway done. And we've seen what's happened. Anybody that stands up for conservative ideas Anything that, you know, anybody that's gonna stand up and say, wait, this is wrong. What's happening? They're canceled? What does that mean? Yeah. Cancel, you can't cancel a person. What they're trying to do is cancel the idea. One of the reasons that I decided to get in this race, my wife and I have been praying for a while. I, I had a wonderful 25 year career advocating for veterans and their families in this state. And that's a passion of mine. Finding out an issue that people are facing and coming up with with a solution, thinking out of the box. And I love that, I missed that when I was invited to retire by this governor. (laughs)
1: We all get the code word there.
2: (laughs) So I, I, uh, you know, thankfully God had his hand in it. I had enough years uh, that I was able to retire, Um, but I missed it. So I opened a small consulting business that would help better known businesses Go through the maze of state government and, and try to help them out.
0: Now, Alan, what kind of work were you previously doing?
2: I was the policy director for veteran for the Department of Veteran Services here in New Mexico. Okay. So I started as a file clerk in 1993. Okay. I had I had a very good career in the private sector. I was getting paid very well, um, but I was putting in 15, 16 hour days, and I had I had a little boy at the time, and Thank God for my, for my mother who would watch him during the day. But I realized I wasn't really seeing him, he was two years old. So I started thinking maybe I should look for something a little bit less demanding. So I took a huge pay cut. Um, and I got this job with Department of Veterans Services and the day I walked in my first day now understand, I, I went from the private sector where I was overseeing six offices, had about 40 employees working for me, had an expense account, walk in, it Was took probably a 40% pay cut. Well, that's big. Walked in, I said, you know, what, what's my job? He said, see those boxes over there? See those file cabinets? Your first job is to get all those boxes and filed. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. But God had his hand in it because it in me a passion to fight for people who in that case had fought for this country, had a lot of them came back wounded, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. And it put me right in the front battle lines to fight for these people. The first group of veterans that I started working with were Vietnam vets. And these were guys that we all know had gone over there, done their duty, and came back and some of them were spat on, some of them were called baby killers. Were there things in Vietnam that happened? Absolutely. But those guys were over there doing their duty. They were fighting for their country. They fought for the flag, they followed orders. So I had the privilege of fighting the VA, the big giant the VA, yeah. which is the biggest bureaucracy in the federal government, but trying to figure out how I could make their lives better. I was blessed, I, I grew in my knowledge and experience, and uh, when we, I started with a commission which was a little office off in the corner, don't make any noise, don't, don't grab any headlines. Bill Richardson, for whatever reason, decided to make it a cabinet level agency, which meant that we had a little bit more clout. We were able to go to the legislature at that time and advocate, and my boss walked up to me one day and said, uh, we need these bills passed. You think you can do it? of course I can. So first day of the legislature, I walk across the street and I'm sitting there with my eyes wide open thinking, oh boy, what did I get myself into this time? (laughs) I've always been the type that if there's a challenge, of course I can do it. And then, you know, halfway through it, I'm like, oh God, help me. I don't know what I I got (laughs) myself into, but God put people in my path that mentored me, that taught me, that spent time with me, And over 16 years that I was a policy director and legislative director, we were able to pass over 80 bills. I mean, Mm. major pieces of legislation that made lives better for our veterans. Mm. And I'm very proud of that. I was not a veteran. My family member is full of uh, military members and veterans who heroically fought from Vietnam all the way to the current wars. And I saw it as me fighting for the guy that went in my place. Mm. So it became a passion. The way I am, I poured myself into the job, and before I knew it, I was working 12, 14-hour days again.
1: <laughs> That's what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: But it became a passion. Mm-hmm. And... The last year that Bill Richardson was in office, I was elevated to the position of deputy secretary, which gave me a bigger microphone. So I was able to go across and use that title to meet with legislators and tell them, listen, this is not a a Republican or Democratic bill. This is a Mm -hmm. veteran bill. Mm -hmm. And I learned to use phrases like it would be awful if veterans in your district realized that you <laughs> voted against this. So I learned to play yeah. I learned to play the game. Yeah. When I decided to get into this, my wife told me, God put you in a 16-year school mm-hmm. so you could learn your way around the legislature. And when I first decided when I was first looking at it, I was in the same district as Jane Powderell. I was not gonna oppose Jane Powderell in a primary. So I went to the Lord and I said, well, you know, maybe it's not now that you're putting this in my heart. Well, then the redistricting, which was a whole circus. Mm -hmm. Everything was done. Everything was supposed to be done out in the open. But the redistricting maps that we got were done in a back room, closed door. Nobody knew what was going on. Bills were being brought to the floor and people were told to vote on it without really knowing what the maps were. So the day after the special session, I'm sitting at my computer, I'm looking at this map. My wife walks in and she says, what are you doing? I said, I'm just looking at the new maps that, that they put out. She says, what's that red dot? I said, that's our house. And she goes, well, what's the 23? I said, that's the new district they created. She says, so you're in, it wouldn't be against Jane? I said, no. So she pats me on the shoulder and she says, well, my love, how much louder of a signal from God are you expecting? (laughs) Very nice. She she is always the voice of reason. So I I prayed about it. We prayed about it. I went to my pastor and I told him what I was thinking. And my pastor made me clarify to him, why would you want to do this? As a Christian, why Mm. would you want to get involved in this?
0: That's a question I always ask politicians. Why do you want to run for office? Yeah,
2: yeah. I want to run because Christians have for too long sat on the sideline and said, oh no, that's, that's the enemy's territory. For 16 years walking into the legislature, I could feel the spiritual oppression. Mm. Every year before the session would start, I would have to pray myself up. I'd read the book of Daniel because Daniel was very involved in government. Mm-hmm. And people said, well, Christians, you shouldn't be involved in government, really? government was set up by God. Mm -hmm. Moses dealt with the government. He fought against the government to free his people. Daniel was very involved. Um, Paul was very involved. Jesus was very involved in government.
0: Well, what better representative can you have than, than a Christian in
2: government? Well, I think one of the problems that we see now is we're in the situation because Christians weren't that involved in government to People, begin with. That's
1: it, mm-hmm. right there in a the nuthead. Where have we been? We've been taught that we can't go and work in government um, and look and look where we're at right now. Right. That, that has been my, just the pet peeve of mine for the last year is we're in this mess where the late-term abortion capital of the world because Christians don't want to get involved. But yet... We are involved in everything else out there yeah secular concerts you know we're, we're doing these things and we've left one thing out that God ordained which was government because he established all the governments of the
2: world absolutely and I think that's what the enemy sees yep is that if if I can hold this arena yep and discourage Christians from getting involved I have free reign yep. Well, we see all the problems that we're facing now because Christians have been silent for too long. The wonderful thing is that during this campaign season, I have met some incredible Christians that are that God called to run also. When I first put my name, I thought, you know, I'm kind of worried. I'm gonna be way outnumbered. I just need you, God, on my side. So I started going to some of the party meetings and I realized the first party meeting I went to, I'm sitting in the back. I wanted to go and just kind of see what was going on, see who was involved. The fact that they opened the meeting in prayer, I was blown away. I got home. I had this look on my face. I walked through the door. My wife looked at me, says, I take it it went well? I said, on you, You wouldn't believe it. They opened in prayer. Then they did the Pledge of Allegiance. She says, that's incredible. I said, that was one of my biggest fears. So God is raising up, and I'm seeing this not only statewide, but across the nation, God is raising people up to stand in the gap because we have to take our government back. The abortion issue, which... It didn't happen overnight. Nope. It was introduced. It it went through different variations, and now it's legal to kill a baby mm-hmm. the day it's born.
0: Well, you know, Alan, like I was talking about in my open about building the walls around us, yep. And then till finally, all you have is the gate in which they get ready to slam the door on you. And I really do feel like we are at that point right now where they're about ready to slam the gate on us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And and we've let it happen. We've, you know, I think, and it's, it's not, it's just because people have been living their lives. They've been, like you, you were saying you're working 15, 16 hours.
1: To provide. A day. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: to provide. And it's like, you're busy earning, you know, you're busy earning a living for your family, taking care of yourself. And, and it's like, like, it's not like you have a lot of extra time to pay attention to other things. So these things they 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 take advantage of this. I,
2: Absolutely. As I've gone knocking on doors in the neighborhood, I've I've run into incredible people who I've asked, do you vote are you registered to vote? Every, you know, everybody's registered to vote, no, nobody seems to vote. And yeah. nobody seems if they vote, they don't remember who they voted for. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of education. Yep. teaching them the issues that are voted on in Santa Fe that affect you. Mm-hmm. The first, the, one of the first doors I knocked on, I drove up a road and it's potholes everywhere. The, the road is cracked and the guy says, if I vote for you, I'm a Democrat. Why would I vote for you? What are you going to do for me? I said, that road that I just drove up? (laughs) He goes, yeah, that that thing has been like that. I've lived here 20 years. It's never been resurfaced. I said, that's one of the things that's voted on in the legislature when we vote Mm -hmm. on the budget. There's something called capital outlay. I could go out there and fight for capital outlay dollars that will pave your road. He goes, really? Yeah. The guy has a, a great job, he's very intelligent. And this told me people don't really understand what's happening in Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. I've told people every day what happens in Santa Fe affects your daily life. Everything from not being able to go to church, which was a travesty. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I'm going to pursue is the emergency powers that the governor has now taken over where we're going into the, it's almost been three years.
0: Well, that was a clear violation of the First Amendment. Absolutely. It's like it it just amazes me every day that not every single person could see this and was not completely outraged by this. And, And yet, there again, so many people rolled over. Uh, They were eating the corn, they weren't paying attention to what was going on, the walls were coming up around them, and yet they weren't paying any attention. So hey, Alan, it's time for our our 30 minute break, so we will be right back. And then I want to get into comparing what's going on in this country to what happened in Venezuela. I think there's just a really, really just glaring parallel, Mm -hmm. so we'll be right back.
2: Gun Shop, we support law-abiding folks learning to operate their guns safely. Some look at a firearm and see only weapons of war. If the mayor is telling the police to stand out when criminals act and release them into our community without consequence, well, who can you rely on to protect you and your family? Safety and awareness is what we preach and teach. It's your right to be safe in your own home and community. Take up the responsibility. No one else will do it for you. Stop by our new location, 6621 4th Street, Northwest in Los Ranchos, or call 505 345 4
0: Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004, individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring, one-on-one, beginner and advanced classes also available, mention KDAZ for 10% off class, call 505-238-1214, that's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtection.com training.com't
2: I hear you cry hey
0: everybody morning. welcome back You're listening to freedom Speak I am your host Becca Marie. You're listening to Conservative Talk ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700. And you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. And I'm here with my uh, guests, Kareen Rios and Alan Martinez, House District 23 mm-hmm. candidate. And uh, we were talking a little bit about how basically the incremental socialism and communism that is happening in this country and it's been happening slowly it it hasn't just been happening over the mm-hmm. past couple of years it's it's been going on well you know i'm i'm going on 60 this year and it's really been going on my entire life slowly you know it's i've heard the i've heard the analogy of boiling a frog you know you boil that frog slowly and the frog don't realize what's happening until, until it's too late and like the analogy I used in my open was, you know, how do you catch a wild pig? Well, you, you close them in one wall at a time. You let them eat the corn. In other words, uh, take the, the so-called free stuff from the government, which, you know, one thing you have to understand is nothing is free. That The government has no money. And, I, and I, I don't know how many times I can th- say this, and, and so many people still don't understand this, that the government has no money. What... What they have is they have the capital that is is what you and me and all of us produce, us, human capital. And and if you haven't heard my first show that I did on this station way back, it's been six months ago almost now, in which I had Greg Zanetti on, we talked about this. We talked about human capital and we talked about that is where all the wealth is derived from. It's divide, It's derived from two things. Each of us, our work that we put into our, our community and the, the natural resources that are available, that's it. Resources and human capital, work, that is it. So, so when you hear about the government saying they're gonna give you something free, all they're saying is, yeah, we're gonna give you this, but trust me, you're gonna work for it. Whether you realize it or not, you're gonna work for it and it's gonna come out of your, it's gonna come out of your earnings somehow. You know, one way or the other. Whether you, whether you work for an employer and, and they take the taxes out every week and you never even notice that they were there because they're just taken out and you never see them, you never have them in your hand. Me, I'm an I'm a independent contractor, so I have to pay those taxes and it hurts. I see it. I see all that money that I'm giving away to the government and I'm watching all the things that they're doing to me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it makes me mad. I'm bitter every time I give the government money. I really am. Yep. Because I see what they're spending it on.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You were talking about a socialist state, and we're going to get into Venezuela here, but uh, we've been talking about how it's been around for a long time. Do we remember Sal Alinsky? Oh, yeah. Rules for radicals. Rules for radicals. Eight levels of control that must be obtained to make your, uh, a socialist state. Mm-hmm. The first one is health care. Who tried to pass universal health care? Do we remember? Oh, yeah. Poverty? Increase the poverty level as high as possible. Number three, debt, increase the debt to an unsustainable level. What's going on right now? Right. Four, gun control. They've been working on that for quite some time, haven't they?
0: Because after they get out of control, they don't want you to be able to fight back.
1: Yes, they want more people on welfare. Man, we see a lot of people not wanting to go to work, Mm -hmm. right, welfare, education. Take control of what people read and listen to in the schools because the fastest way you can indoctrinate children and a society is getting in there real early. That's what North Korea did yeah. and has done and continues to do with their young population. Religion, wow, remove the belief of God from the government and schools, isn't that what we've been doing for decades?
0: They are. They are. They yep. are exactly playing the script from
1: Salolinsky's playbook. Absolutely. Number eight. To the T. Class warfare. Yeah. There all we go. All those things. One, two, three. And you know who uh, who uh, admired Salolinsky? Who wrote her thesis on Salolinsky? Miss Hillary Clinton. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's all right there. Right, It's all right there. This is what's been happening in our country since this book came out in 71, but it's there. It's still there, and maybe some of us are waking up now.
2: People are shocked if you pay attention to history. It Mm -hmm. didn't start in the 70s. Correct. It didn't start in the 60s. It started in the early 1900s. The first progressive was Woodrow Wilson. He's the one that started working Mm -hmm. on the schools. Yep. And... I I had a beautiful conversation with a teacher yesterday who was actually gonna help me with education policy. She says, people don't listen to teachers. We've been saying this. She says, I've been saying this for 20 years. Let us teach. Mm -hmm. Don't give us the the script that we have to follow. My father-in-law just retired 51 years as a teacher. He said he retired because he's too frustrated with the school system. They, they deny involvement of the parents. Mm-hmm. I was very involved when my kids were in school. And one of my favorite stories is one of my sons had been indoctrinated and thought because his last name was Martinez, the government owed him everything. Mm. And he felt that way. You know, I used to tell him that's not the way things work. But some people learn by experience. Mm-hmm. He got a job. He came home. He was very excited. He said, "This is how much I'm going to get paid per hour. This Is how many hours I'm going to work." I'm, you know, he was very excited. First paycheck, he comes back and he says, "I don't understand this. They shorted me." <laughs> yeah, right. So what do you mean they, they shorted sure you? They sure did. <laughs> he says, "I'm supposed to get paid this much an hour. This is how many hours I worked. This is what it should add up to." And that's not what's on my paycheck. I said, Okay, let's sit down and let's talk about that. Right, right. He says, Who the heck is FICA? <laughs> I said, All those free things that you mm-hmm. used to tell me that the government was gonna give you, yeah, you are now paying for those. He goes, Well, that's ridiculous. Everybody should get a job then. No kidding. Said, How simple. That's what I've been telling you. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I but going back to the education system. Teachers want to be able to teach. I got my degree in education. I was a teacher for all of six months and realized...
1: (laughs) I only only lasted five years and I was out.
2: (laughs) I I, I couldn't, I can't do this. But it's about the young
1: people. Mm -hmm.
2: If you capture the... Hitler did that. Yep. The Hitler Youth. The Hitler Youth, Uh absolutely. Yep. Woodrow Wilson did that. And what we're seeing now is these, these influencers on social media. Kids spend more time in front of a screen than they do talking to their parents. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. That is a huge problem because I remember these long conversations I've, I'd have with my sons. And thankfully, you know, they're, they're good men. I mean it's hard for me to say men because I still think of them as my because little babies. sons.
0: They always will be.
2: But one of my sons is a general manager of a business and he said I can't pay people enough to come to work. They'll come for one paycheck and then they're gone and they've, you know, the government's paying them to stay home. Mm-hmm. It's hard to run my business because nobody wants to work and that goes to one of your points. Keep people on welfare. Yep. If you if you slowly make a person dependent on the government yep. then the government owns you yep well
0: absolutely. and once they once they pull you in and once they put the fences up around you and once they slam the gate shut mm-hmm. like in Nazi Germany after Hitler became the dictator then these people were all trapped and yep. then then just horrendous things happened yeah. and i really feel like we're on the cusp of that in this country and thank god you know, people like you and, and a lot of other people I know in the freedom movement and a lot of other people yep. around the country that are with us and doing the same things mm-hmm. we're doing and reaching out and, and doing like what I'm doing and speaking out and trying to educate people and, and going, to, going to rallies and trying to reach out to other people. We're holding it off, but I'm not 100% sure there's enough of us. There are so many people that are under the well, spell.
1: Well, I think a lot of Supreme Court decisions have come down on the side of of righteousness have, and goodness. They so, have lately. So, I mean, we're, we we got to be positive, right? I know, <laughs> we got to think on the those good things, and I think there's still hope.
0: Yeah. Even not though it feels up.
1: like the gate's closing, I think there's still hope because a lot of the Supreme Court, I mean, even in Wisconsin in our notes later, I think we're gonna talk about how they said that the ballot drop boxes were illegal. Yeah. So it's like, okay, finally people are waking up and rational thinking is back. Maybe. I don't know.
2: Maybe. <laughs> well God God never forgot his people. If you if you go through the Bible, mm-hmm. it would seem like you know, nobody's standing up, everybody's worshiping altars, everybody's doing whatever they're doing, but God always maintained a group of people mm-hmm. who, when things got really bad, they would stand up. I'm reading through the book of Second Chronicles, and there would be a series of three or four kings that would take everything out of the temple and erect Mm -hmm. all these altars and and lead the people in the wrong direction. But then God would raise somebody up.
1: Yeah. Like one person.
2: Yeah. And it would, it would start with one. Uh And this morning's reading, it was an eight year old kid that became, Mm -hmm. that became the king. And he realized our country is a mess. God is raising those people up right now. and. We've all heard that we're in the end times. I've heard it all my life. My grandfather was a pastor and I've heard it for 50, 58 years. But if it was was true then, 58 years ago, how much more true is it now? God is raising up the last group of warriors. If this country is going to remain a country Mm -hmm. under God's blessing, it's these last warriors that are gonna stand in the gap I'm going to do everything I can. This is not a career for me. This is, I'm not going to spend 20, 30 years there. God has raised me up for this time. If it's one term, well, then God is going to use me to accomplish what he needs to accomplish in two years. I've given myself 10 years. And I've told people, because they've said, oh, you know, people get up there. They're there forever. They line their pockets. Listen. I'm giving myself 10 years. I know what I want to accomplish. I know the way the legislature works and some of the issues may take 10 years, but I'm gonna stand up every day and I'm gonna fight. This is gonna be my full-time job for 10 years. New Mexico has a part-time legislature, which I've never understood the term part-time because it takes a lot of time but I'm willing to give that. I'm retired, I can give that. I have the freedom to do that.
1: Alan, are you for term limits?
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, we look, we look at the, the Congress now, mm-hmm. these people have been there for 50 years yeah. and what have they accomplished? You know, every, every time there's an election, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And they don't do it. Well, if you, if mm-hmm. I hire somebody, I, I tell them, I need this accomplished in this amount of time and it takes them 50 years to do it, Something's wrong. I'm a horrible boss. Well,
1: and then you hired the wrong person.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what's happening in Congress.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, and here's the other thing, Alan. It's like, and I've mentioned this before, if these people are in office for like 50 years, think of how out of touch they are with the real world by then. And because then how, how that, they're
1: billionaires.
0: Yeah, they're billionaires. Right. And, you know, I was talking about human capital, uh-huh. and I, I thought about this the other day, and I was thinking about this situation with Nancy Pelosi and her husband.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's like where he's... They're making, they've literally, I mean, they're. what have they got, like $100 million or some crazy amount of money now? And, and they made this while she's been, been, you know, in the Senate or the House, sorry, in, in Congress. And, and then we see this, we're starting to see these, de- these shady deals in which she is in office making policy. Mm-hmm. And her husband is making tr- stock trades based on that.
1: Insider trading. Uh-huh. And so
0: here's the yeah. thing. When you think about Nancy Pelosi making millions and millions of dollars, where is she getting the capital to make those investments? From yeah. you and I. Exactly.
1: And from exactly. backdoor deals. For we are lobbyists. her capital. Yeah. You know,
0: you've heard the term other people's money. Yeah. Well, she's using our money to, to become a multi yeah. And so are a lot of other politicians. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, look at our president. He's been, he was in Congress for... 48 years. He's mm-hmm. been president now for I mean it seems like a lifetime, but almost <laughs> two years. It yeah. does seem like a lifetime. He's never he's never had a job. He's never had a real job. He's never had to punch a clock. He's never had to come up with a payroll. I've I've had to do that. Yeah. I've run businesses. I've been the guy at 10 o'clock at night the day before payday thinking. I got to write these checks tomorrow. I I hope I have enough in the bank. He's never had to do that.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: His son, Hunter, the missing Hunter, has never had to do that either. But he's making Mm -hmm. millions of dollars. Why do you think this whole thing with China is going on? Because the number one son... Is making millions of dollars from for Chinese companies. The, the Chinese
0: have so much on the Biden crime family. Yeah. It's 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 like that's exactly why these things are allowed to
2: happen. I, I it it hurts my heart, but I'm I'm excited at the same time. You saw what happened with Maya Flores,
1: mm-hmm.
2: first Mexican-born Congresswoman. Good Christian lady, ran in a heavily. Democratic mm-hmm. district and there wasn't even the, the race wasn't even in doubt. God is raising up people in these last days to stand in the gap mm-hmm. and we have to answer the call. I agree. I think, I think yeah. God has been trying to do this for years. And people have just said, I don't know.
1: Yeah, nobody's been willing to I, yeah. do those things because it's tough, is it right? I mean, absolutely. Just to be in the campaign, I'm not even running; I'm just a campaign manager. I mean, you get attacked yeah. from all sides, and it is not for the the faint of heart at all. It re- it's difficult, you know, to to run. But I think also the term limits. Um, I think that's something that we truly need to to, to prevent the the level corruption. of corruption.
2: Uh, the, I mean, the, the power river. Power breeds corruption.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I've seen, even in my own year um, of just helping uh, various candidates, um, I've seen people who are Christians first and then they enter in the political arena and their walk is gone. It, it really is amazing, the power of power. Mm-hmm. There you go, the power of having power and what an influence it is, even on believers. Yeah, really, and, and that's kind of what's scary is is a little bit scary.
2: <laughs> but my my mindset is not I'm running so I could have power. I uh, you know yeah. that I've flipped it over. Yep, I'm gonna have. So,
0: Alan, let me ask you a question. A lot of politicians, they say that a lot of politicians are narcissistic. Would you Would you think <laughs> that you're at all narcissistic?
2: No, no. <laughs> you don't seem to be to me. My, my, I'm gonna have. There's 32,000 registered voters in my district. When I worked for Department of Veteran Services, I used to tell the staff, we have 180,000 bosses. Mm. You come to work every day for them. You don't come to work for me. I'm going to have 32,000 bosses. I'm going to go to work every day for them. That's why when we're not in session, I'm going to be in the community. I'm going to hold meetings twice a month with constituents, Mm -hmm. and I'm willing for them to stand up and say, you were wrong in this, and this is why. I will explain my vote all the time. Every vote I take, every vote Mm -hmm. I don't take, I will give an explanation. Because the power needs to return to the people. The people that are gonna elect me are the people that I'm going to say this is why.
1: And I think that's very important for for state representatives to be in touch with their constituents. But I think as you get in there, from what I've just seen, not not with Alan, but with other people, I don't even know who my representative was before before I got into it. They never came to my door. They never sent me any they never sent me anything. You know, as, as somebody up there, I think it, it, it it's into their best interest to keep their constituents updated.
0: I I think you're like me. I think that before all of this stuff happened over the past couple of years where we saw our freedoms and liberty being trampled, that we were just kind of not interested. Correct. And and it's like we were, things seemed to be okay, going okay for us and we were living our lives and nobody was, you know, getting in our face and preventing us from doing things. And so we weren't really thinking about it. But but now it's like, I never imagined that I, I would have... A, a situation which I'd say most of the people I know are in politics, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like I know so many people in politics now,
2: whereas before I didn't know yeah. any.
0: Well, yeah. one of
2: the interesting things that I hear constantly, I'll ask them, "Who's who did you vote for?" Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Wow! Well, well, did have you ever gone to a town hall? What's, what's that? that? I said, that's what's gonna change if I'm elected. Yeah. You are gonna know my name. You're gonna know my face. You're gonna be able to stop my, I've, I've already been stopped in Albertsons. I <laughs> said, hey, you're that guy. Yeah. You're that guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was funny, the last few years that I, that I worked for Department of Veteran Services, they would call the office and they would tell my secretary, I don't remember the guy's name, but he's the big, tall, bald guy. <laughs> and everybody um, would laugh and they'd connect me.
0: And, yeah. Well, you know, at least you've got a face people remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually a good thing. Yeah.
1: But this is all part of, uh, in New Mexico, we, we have a big population that is unknowledgeable about a lot of things. And I think this is where our state senator, our state representatives need to come in and help educate those people so it really can be we the people.
2: Yeah, but you i've i've watched races over the years and i've Mm -hmm. thought how does this guy keep getting reelected? yeah you know what they do instead of what we're trying to do and educate our constituents and meet with them they run and hide yeah and we're talking small communities around the state they i've talked to people i've talked to veterans that tell me well we need change well why do you keep electing this guy
1: yep because they they're, well, they're the, they're the, they see his signs yeah. everywhere because he's raised so much money. Well, what they tell me is, <laughs> well,
2: nobody's run against him.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
2: But I'm seeing all these races pop up and I'm talking to these new candidates and, and trying to encourage them. And I keep going back to it. God is raising up a population yeah. that's going to stand in the gap. And there's actually, I've watched people who don't even claim to be Christians. hmm but that are now coming around, Mm -hmm. and I pray for those people, and I say, God, you've already put the hook in their mouth. You gotta bring them in. They're close. All they have to do is profess you. Mm -hmm. So I think God is rounding up people. We, I mean, aside from the debacle that we see with the U.S. government, when a governor can write up a piece of paper, put her name on it, and say, I'm taking total control of your life, That's not the the New Mexico that I grew up in. No. We are not a totalitarian state, but that's what we've become. But
1: I blame the legislature. I mean, really, it was the legislature, the legislature that gave her that The legislature could have power. stopped
2: her. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So we can blame MLG, and yes, she is part of the problem. But the other big part of the problem is the legislature.
2: But it comes down to power. And the courts. It's all power.
1: Absolutely. Well, this they're is, all infiltrated. They're yeah, all they democratic-led, progressive, liberal. Mm-hmm. But they have a majority in every single house. But
2: this is what happens. You run, and in this state, well, I've heard, if you want to win, you got to run as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. So they run, they have good ideas. And I used, to, I used to recruit freshman legislators when I was a legislative director. And I would sit down with them and explain to them our agenda for veterans in the state of New Mexico. And I would tell them, why did you, why did you run? Oh, I want to make a difference. I see this, I see this. I said, okay, don't forget that. Yeah. Because I'm telling you the first time you run for re-election you have to go out and raise money, be careful because people will buy you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh no, that's not gonna happen. That's not, and then I would see. Oh, they will s- try. Second term, Trust me,
0: Like term. I told you, yep. I know a lot of people that are politicians, people running for office. I've heard stories about people, even in the Republican party, which are part of this whole establishment deep state, which we are fighting against. You know, bringing people in that are candidates. Hey, you know, if you if you play ball with us, we'll give you all this money for your campaign. Well, you know, I can tell candidates out there, if you, you got to stand by your principles. And well, when these people approach you, you say, no, I don't want your help.
2: Raising money is I'm not tough. for sale. Yeah. But I will not take money from an organization that I don't agree with and that I'm not willing to work on policy for. There is a... There is an organization that everybody knows that uh, you know. I don't. I don't even want to name them. You don't want to name them. You can name them if you want to. But it has something to do with parenthood, which oh. Oh, okay. the organization parenthood. has absolutely nothing to do. It with It has, has to do with
0: planning your parenthood. There you right? go.
2: Yes. Uh huh. I got a call very early on in the campaign. They said, hey, we've sent you two emails. You've not filled out our questionnaire. I said, well, man, I, you know, I was curious. I looked at your questionnaire, and I don't think you guys want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> so the lady says, you know, first, when she first got on the phone, it's a very sweet voice. Oh, how are you? Thank you for running. And I said, you don't want to hear what I have to say. And all of a sudden, the tone changed. Mm. What do you mean? I said, I am absolutely diametrically opposed to everything you stand for. So filling out your questionnaire is going to be a waste of time, yours and mine. Well, don't you know that if we endorse you, we could give you a lot of money? I said, I don't Mm -hmm. want your money. God is going to provide the amount of money I need to to carry out this campaign. And And there
1: we go, for the love of money. That is like sometimes what makes politics so corrupt, because for the love of money seeps in. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I've had people tell me, oh, we looked at your campaign report. These people own your vote. I said, no, they don't because I've, I've met with them and I've told them this is the policy I'm pursuing. It's a balanced policy. Well, what did they say? They were very interested because that's the same policy they're looking at. Mm-hmm. So I've accepted their money, but there's been money that's been offered to me. And I've said, I just can't take that. Yeah. And you know, I run to the post office. I run to the mailbox every day to see if I have a check.
1: <laughs> so,
0: all right, so what I want to do is in the, uh, we're coming up on the second hour. I mean, time flies when you're here, don't I it?
1: know, we didn't even talk about Venezuela. I <laughs> know,
0: and I still want to do that. So anyway, so that's what we're going to talk about. Um, what I want to do is I want to start out with talking, I've got a timeline here, based okay. a basic timeline of what happened in Venezuela. And then I wanna expand on a few points that I took away from this article I read at uh, worldtribune.com. I thought it was a really good article. And by the way, everybody, it's like, if you want to do further research on your own, I've mentioned this before, you can download my show notes, which I will have links to all all of the material that I use. Um, in my research and Mm -hmm. then you can you can download my my show notes and you can you can further your own research so I wanted to start off with this timeline here and then we'll continue this into the second hour because we're coming up on the end of this one but Venezuela at one point in time was the third richest country in the western Mm -hmm. hemisphere Yep. Now, you wouldn't know that now, because I think at one point in time, I think their inflation rate was over 1,000%. Mm-hmm. I mean, some we're talking super hyperinflation no. here. Yes. And even now, it's really, really high. It's probably still over 100%, I would imagine. So at one point in time, they were that way. So they voted a socialist president, and he was promising, does this sound familiar? Income equality. In- mm-hmm. Income equality. He wanted to bring income equality to people because mm-hmm. he said there was inequality. We're hearing all these these spin words right now they're using about, you know, uh, equality and equity and things like that. And they're, they're just right out of the communist playbook trying to suck people in. And they are sucking people
1: in. Mm-hmm. Well, then they also, in, in and with that, they also took over the private sector, the uh, the oil and gas industry. Yes, they did. Um, so there were so and many... And by the
0: way, i got to cut you off right there. Okay, we'll do. So anyway, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the parallels to Venezuela. I want to talk a little bit about uh, explaining to you why we have a baby for- a formula shortage. And um, we'll be back after the break, and I think it's going to be a great conversation. So right back